0: Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. Jesus answered, Those who have had a bath need only to wash their feet. Their whole body is clean, and you are clean, though not every one of you. For he knew who was going to betray him, and that was why he said not everyone was clean. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I have done for you? he asked them. You call me teacher and Lord. Thanks be to God. Please be seated. Good morning,
1: Highland. It is so good to be with you this morning. Lots of ways you might not even know. But before I begin the lesson today, I want to tick, take, take, take a moment to say thank you. You see, two years ago when COVID shut down this world, um, I was diagnosed with breast cancer. And I began a medical journey where I was in a fight for my life. And this church family loved me and my family well. You provided countless meals. You offered up prayers over and over again on our behalf. You were a part of a parade to show your love and support. You celebrated with us in the small victories and in the big ones. You Zoomed with us to chat to pray, and to make us laugh. You sent chemo boxes to my kids, cards, videos, and hundreds of pictures of sunsets. You reminded us in this journey that we were not alone. You were the hands and the feet of Jesus. You were the ones that he used to tell us that we were not in this alone. So thank you. You lived out this sermon that I'm about to preach today. So thank you, Highland. Thank you. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this morning. Thank you for a new day and for the opportunity to worship you. Thank you for your son and for your abundance. I pray that your message will touch and challenge the hearts in this room. May you be glorified in our words, our actions, and our praise this morning. It's in Jesus' holy name that we pray. Amen. So, I want to begin this morning by reading a letter. A letter that I wrote to my son's godparents in September of 2020. I had just finished chemo and was headed into a life-altering surgery in the hopes that I would be around for a little while longer. You see, death and I were in a fight. I had given death a lot of thought during this time. And i wanted certain things in order just in case things didn't pan out the way that the doctors were hoping i'd written out my funeral i had made several videos to loved ones and i wrote this letter dear godparents hey there i want to begin by saying thank you thank you for pouring into me and into the lives of my boys as you know or at least i hope you do You played an important role in my life and in the life of our family. You have shown us Jesus in big ways and in small ways. You have loved us well. We chose you to be a part of our boy's journey for life. You've been um, mainly because of the ways that you have encouraged us, loved us, and challenged us to be better. We realize this will look different over the years. Sometimes it'll be up close and personal journey, and sometimes it'll be afar praying. Whatever the season brings, thank you for pouring into their lives. Now, if you're reading this letter, I've gone to be with Jesus. My boys will need you now more than ever, all four of them. It's my prayer that you will fight for my boys' faith that you'll introduce them to the side of Jesus where he sits with them in the trenches of death, the Jesus that was brave enough to enter death and overcome it. I want my boys to know it's okay to doubt and to ask tough questions, questions that don't need to be answered and that they may not have the answers for, that they can take all the time they need to process through this, that Jesus can handle whatever they need to throw at him their doubts, sadness, brokenness, or anger. He knows how they feel, so please do what you do best. Walk with them, be real, and direct them to what we hold to be true, that the grave is empty and that changes everything. Each of you are so good at journeying the thing. Thank you for pouring life and love into me and to my family. May the Lord continue to move and glorify Be glorified in your lives, and may you and yours be blessed beyond measure. All my love, Sarah. So my question for you today is, if you were staring death in the face, or knew that you only had a few days to live, how would you spend your time? What would you want to say to those that are closest to you? What would you want to be remembered for? Today is the beginning of Holy Week. This is the week that we have been anticipating and waiting for since the beginning of Lent. The week that we get the opportunity to walk alongside Jesus as he makes his way to the cross. This morning began with a great reenactment of the triumphal entry, the time when hosannas echoed through the streets, palm branches were waved, cloaks and jackets were thrown on the ground, and our king, y'all, our king came into town it was a huge celebration but as we know a celebration that was short-lived the same people who today were yelling hosanna in a few days were going to be yelling crucify him jesus knew his time was drawing near he knew that friday was coming knowing he only had a few days to live how did jesus spend his time Well, he spent it with those he had invested in the most and those he loved the most, his disciples. So a location was set, a meal was prepared, and a feast was to be had. And oh, how they feasted. I can only imagine the conversations that happened around that table. How close they felt as they passed beloved dishes The traditions that were made, the words of blessing that were spoken. What a great feast that must have been. But before the feast began, there was something traditional that always took place. The person hosting the meal would have their servant wash the feet of their guests. The custom was a token of hospitality. It was a task that was degrading that some scholars even believed jewish servants weren't allowed to do they reserved that right for gentile servants the lowliest of low now remember back then there were no tennis shoes or boots there was no asphalt or um sidewalks there was dirt and there was sandals so for all you chaco loving people out there or tivo loving people out there you know how that is and who knows what was mixed in with the dirt So we had dirty feet. How many of you can think back to a time when your feet might have been the dirtiest? I think to just yesterday where both my boys were in the backyard playing in our little mud pit and their feet were caked in mud. Or maybe you didn't even know that your feet were dirty until you walked into your white floored shower and you noticed, oh goodness, that's a black stain. My feet are dirty. Or maybe it's you get in bed at night and you can feel the dirt on your feet to the point you can't sleep. So you get up and you take a shower. I don't know about you, but I can't sleep when my feet feel grimy and dirty. So the disciples, Jesus, they all have dirty feet. And they're about to sit and have a meal. Well, their meal is very different than our meals. We sit in chairs. They are reclining, which means... They were on the floor, which means feet were in a closer proximity to faces, y'all. So, I imagine the uh, disciples are all standing around thinking, hmm, wonder who's going to volunteer to wash feet this morning or this evening. Or maybe they were worried. Maybe they were worried that Jesus might ask one of them to do it. Oh, surely he wouldn't. Surely it won't be me. Surely there's a servant around here somewhere that could do it. What happened next, they never saw coming and they never expected it. Just like Brianna read, Jesus got down and he just started to wash his disciples' feet. I bet the disciples were shocked and mortified. Their teacher, the one who had just been praised coming into town on a donkey, the one who had performed countless miracles, the one who had walked on water, the one who had calmed the storm, the list could go on and on. Not our beloved rabbi and teacher. He is not getting down and washing our feet. He is not doing something that the lowliest of low do. It's no surprise to me, anyway, how Peter responds. He's flabbergasted. He starts asking a bunch of questions, and he wants more. Not just my feet, Lord, but all of me. In his last days, his last moments on earth, Jesus chose to love instead of be loved. He chose to wash his disciples' feet. As I sat and thought about what could this be the equivalent of, I thought back to summer camp, and when I was a camp counselor, you know, sometimes in the middle of a big group of kids after a meal, somebody ate something they weren't used to, and some kid gets sick in the middle of the crowd, and everybody scatters like flies because vomit, gross, but not my friend JB. My JB, who was a fellow counselor of mine, would have already been to get the supplies she needed and to start cleaning up the vomit. Or I think of the other night at Little League Baseball when an announcement came over after the end of the game and it said, home team, home team, it is your turn to clean the bathrooms tonight. And my sweet friend quickly goes and gets the supplies and heads and cleans the public toilets. I sit and I think, washing feet is probably like cleaning up a stranger's vomit. It's probably like cleaning public toilets at a little league baseball stadium. Both, mind you, I would not be the first to volunteer for. I will bring you what you need, be your encourager, say job well done. But that is not something I'm going to say sign me up for. Well, last Sunday in our class up in Quest 209 with Randy Harris, he pointed out a verse, verses 3 and 4 in this passage. And it says that Jesus knew he had come from God and he was returning to God. So he got up from the supper and he washed his disciples' feet. Did you catch that? It's a little word, S-O, so. I'll say it again. Jesus knew he had come from God and he was going back to God. So he got up from supper and washed his disciples' feet. So is the important word because he did it because of who he is. It's God's very essence and nature, to love and to serve. I love how Max Lucado puts it, hands that shape the stars now wash away filth, fingers that form mountains now massage toes, and the one before whom all nations will one day kneel, now kneels before his disciples. Hours before his own death, Jesus's concern is singular. He wants his disciples to know how much he loves them. And y'all, it's not just this disciple and not that disciple. It's all of his disciples. He shows no bias or favoritism. He washed Thomas' feet. The disciple he knew was going to doubt him. He washes Peter's feet. The one he knew was going to deny him, and he washed Judas' feet, y'all. The one he knew in a few moments or hours would betray him. He washed the feet of those that it was easy to love and those it was hard to love. And he calls us to do the same. Go and wash others' feet. So how do we wash other people's feet? A better way to put this is how do we love people well? Well, it may look like a mom who wakes up hours before the rest of the family to get everything ready for the day and get all of her kids ready for the day before she starts hers. It may look like a husband who sets up a lawn chair under a tree in 100-degree heat to sit outside your chemo window because he's not allowed to be inside and sit by your side. It may look like a dad who shows up to a sporting event or concert in his scrubs because he's in between seeing patients, but he wants to be there to cheer you on. It may look like a college professor and their spouse hosting a dinner for you and your housemates. It may look like showing up next to that loved one's deathbed just to be present or giving a hug to a friend who's had a really hard day. It may look like sending a text on the anniversary of a loved one's death just to let their family know, hey, I'm thinking about you. I care for you. This may look like letting your siblings play the Nintendo Switch or PS4, PS5, whatever you want to call it, first instead of you, or maybe playing what your sibling wants to play instead of what you do. This may look like, look like sitting next to someone you don't know very well and striking up a conversation, maybe in the lunchroom at school, maybe in your Bible class here at church, or maybe in this auditorium. If you're visiting with us today, I just want to let you know Highland is really good at this. I've witnessed it firsthand the last 20 years. So I'm going to challenge you to continue to be creative to continue to think outside the box and to continue to put others before yourself loving people can be easy but it also can be challenging remember jesus loved those who doubted him those who denied him and those who betrayed him these are the people that he was the closest to and when you're called to love when it hurts it's hard so how do we do it how do we love those That you disagree with how do you love those who betray you how do you love those you were once close to but aren't anymore how do you love when it's hard i'll be honest i don't have this all figured out and as a disclaimer in some situations like toxic and abusive relationships the most loving thing to do is to walk away and take care of yourself every situation and person is different ultimately the only thing that we have control over is how we react and respond we don't have the power to make others love us or make them respond in a certain way we do have the power though to choose love forgiveness and kindness in these circumstances so don't be afraid to take the first step ask the lord to walk alongside you and lead the way i guarantee you if you ask him He will show up. He'll show up anyway, even if you don't ask him, but that's not the point. Um, Make the call. Ask for forgiveness. Take a step back. Choose to love, even when it's hard. And learn from others that do it well. Here are some people that I think of that are really good at it, loving when it's hard. I think of a grandmother... Who, after being divorced from her husband chose to be by his side when he was diagnosed with Alzheimer's she took care of him until he needed more care than she could provide she would visit him then in the caring facility that he was in every day as his memory faded she honored and loved him well until the day he left this world and went to be with Jesus I think of Coach Thomas. He was a football coach from a little town in Iowa. And if you've ever been to a devotional time with my husband, you probably have seen the video of it because it's one of his favorite stories. But Coach Thomas loved coaching football. He loved his community. And his football players loved him. He even coached his own boys. And his boys ended up growing up and coaching alongside of him. But one day when coach Thomas was in his workroom or the workout room, one of his former students showed up. And this former student ended up shooting and killing Dr. Thomas or not Dr. Coach Thomas. In the midst of immense grief and despair, His family, his boys, and his wife reacted. And they reached out to the family of the boy that had taken their father's life. And they ultimately forgave him. I don't know about y'all, but that's loving when it's hard. And I also think of a former student of mine who went to work with us um, on a mission trip to work with the homeless in Chicago. And on this trip, um, we had spent time going out at different times and just meeting people on the street, visiting with them, providing needs for them. Well, One day, when it was time for devotional, she came back and she goes, hey, Sarah, you know what I learned today? And I said, what? And she said, I learned that homeless people are people too. They all have a story. I said, tell me a little bit more about that. She goes, well, I met a man today. Our group met a man today. And we sat, we heard his story. We listened to him and gave him some hope. And at the end of it, she goes, I just, I kind of had the urging to want to shake his hand. She goes, but Sarah, he had had his hands in his mouth the whole time we were talking. It was this nervous thing that he had going on. She goes, but I felt led to do it. So she reached out and he was hesitant at first, but then reached out and shook her hand. This same student, a couple years later, went with us on a different mission trip. And then we had an elderly um, man that was helping us work that day. And he had been sitting in the end of the truck toward the end of the day, and it was a really hot day. And he hadn't moved in a while. So we had gone over to chat with him. And she quickly she was a senior in high school and she quickly realized that he was starting to suffer from heat exhaustion so she left ran got some ice came back grabbed the ice and stuck it in his armpits to cool him down as quickly as possible you see like jesus she didn't hesitate she acted with great love jesus's hardest and loneliest days were upon him and he chose to love Instead of be loved, he chose to love when the crowds were yelling "Hosanna," and around that intimate meal of the Last Supper, he chose to love when Judas betrayed him, when Thomas doubted him, and Peter denied him. He chose to love when that same crowd who praised him a couple of days earlier started to yell "Crucify him." He chose to love when the weight of the world was literally on his shoulders, and he chose to love as he was whipped spat on, cursed, and hung on a cross. He chose to love in his darkest hour. Jesus loved others well until his final breath. So my question for you to ponder this week is how will you live each day loving others well as if it were your last? As you think about that, I want to invite our prayer team up to the front Every Sunday, we offer this opportunity for you to come and get prayer. So, if you feel led to here in a minute, um, they can make their way to the front. If you feel led to there in the minute, you can and would like someone to celebrate with you, um, or maybe you have something that you're really struggling with, and you would like to have someone pray over you, or maybe... You want to just be prayed for on how you can love others better we're going to invite you to come forward and be prayed with and uh, I would like to now invite you to stand as I do our benediction for today may you love others well may you live each day as if it were your last enjoy the meal with friends Bounce in the bounce house with your kids. Tell those you love why you love them and choose to love when it's hard. May you rest in assurance of God's abundance and in the hope that Sunday is coming. Go in peace.